0: Hi, you're listening to the Slow Life Project Podcast with me, Lana Hall, a show dedicated to helping you find confidence, meaning, and true joy in your life. Through my own tips and tricks, as well as interviews with others, you'll learn to slow down, get real, and feel happy. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Slow Life Project Podcast. I'm Lana Hall, and on today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Anna Weber about the always relevant topic of how we can grow our confidence. So Anna is a Brisbane-based practitioner and the creator of Glowing Confidence Now. I actually met Anna because she came and rented a therapy room in my psychology practice for a little while. Anna draws on over 10 years of experience in supporting women from all walks of life to reclaim their confidence Stand their ground and find their voice. Anna's an accredited mental health social worker, a counselor, and a certified life coach as well. And she's experienced in supporting women, men, and their families. Uh, With a whole lot of stuff, relationship breakdown, nonviolent communication, how to establish healthy boundaries, how to heal from violence and assault, healing after trauma, and how to rebuild your self-worth and confidence. So Anna, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you Lana, thank you for the invite. It's exciting to be here. <laughs> no
0: dramas. <laughs> All right, before we jump into the confidence stuff, I would love to know what is one thing that you always do slowly.
1: I love this question. I I'll have to admit I had um, some time to think about this one, but for me, um it's yoga. Right. Uh-huh. Yoga is just, I've found a beautiful way of really slowing down, connecting to my body, getting out of my head and just, yeah, really connecting to my breathing and I think one of my favorite things about my yoga class is this is the way they ended is about giving a thanks and appreciation to yourself. And I oh, think that's what's so much with me. So yeah. How yeah. oh, beautiful,
0: beautiful. All right. And my other question I love to ask guests is what is your personal mantra phrase word for this year? If you have one.
1: Yeah, so this is a great question. Um, I know a lot of people do like, you know, New Year resolutions and stuff like that. This was um, a particular thing I um, learned from a friend quite a few years ago was just to choose a word for the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So my word this year is abundance. Oh, lovely. How's that
0: working out for you? (laughs) Yeah, so it's
1: been a bit of an interesting thing for me. So, you know, I guess initially abundance for me was, you know, being more abundant financially. But then I think, you know, as the year has progressed, it's really about abundance around giving myself space to grow. Mm. It's about letting myself take risks. It's about showing up authentically and all this sort of stuff. So even just I think sometimes that significance, it feels so simple, one word, and yet there's so many different directions you can take it in. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right, that's right. Mm -hmm. And it is a lovely thing to keep in mind that abundance can occur in all these different areas of our lives, like health and love as well as like financial. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. All right. So, um, I mean, I think confidence building is really interesting topic to focus on. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. Why did you choose to specialise in building confidence?
1: Look, I think um, for so many of us, you know, we get into this work from our own personal journey and story and stuff like that. I know I share on my website, you know, when I was growing up, I was very insecure. I was like, one of those little shy kids in the class. I've got this photo, like one of my first photos in my album at home is, you know, my class photo and I'm like turned at my back on everybody. Oh, wow. I, the photo. I was so deeply insecure and stuff like that. Yeah. So you know, so I guess, you know, from that, I was about probably about 14, 15, when I really started to think, you know, I needed to start shaping how I think about myself differently. It was a lot about perfectionism and overperforming and people pleasing and really just getting to know myself. So I guess it's Grown out of a personal journey. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: there's a really strong connection I feel like I have with women because I know what it takes to come from that
0: space. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge transformation, then. Huge, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, how did you come through that then? As a kid, you're engaging in, like you said, perfectionism, really afraid of showing up. What happened?
1: Well, I remember I started collecting little quotes for myself around success and fulfillment. And I re- recognized my one of my biggest barriers was the fear of failure, you know, not okay. being able to even put myself out there, not being able to give myself permission to take new things, you know, feeling like whatever I did, I had to be perfect. I had to have all the details figured before I could take that first step. So I remember writing out these little quotes to myself and sticking them around my my office as a kid and stuff and each day when I'd sit down and do my homework the first thing I'd do is I'd read through all my quotes or you know I just felt like it was a really it was guess it was the beginning of uh, a vision board
0: for me yeah yeah that's quite young to have that self-aware yeah yeah Yeah. so I want to know because I like this is one of my questions for you anyway Is the root of not having confidence fear of failure? Is that what you would say or do different people have different root causes in terms of why they might struggle to feel confident?
1: Yeah, look, I think there's a common theme definitely around that fear of failure is absolutely one of them. I think there's another fear of not being worthy, you know, so many of us have sort of like a worthiness block around even if we have the opportunity for good things to happen. We feel like we're not worthy of receiving that. So whether that's receiving positive feedback from someone, whether that's receiving a new job opportunity, whether that's, you know, receiving like a new relationship or something in our lives. So sometimes if we're blocking our worthiness, that can be another thing. The other thing is just that feeling of not being good enough, right? How many of us feel like, we're either, you know, we're always missing something, right? There's always another thing that we need to do before we get into that space of actually being able to step up. And it feels like a bit of an escalator. The more we move, the yep. more we sort of push backwards. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. So three potential kind of, yeah, pretty core <laughs> human beings. There's thing. like failure, yeah. not feeling good enough. Um, yeah. I wanted to chat a bit about imposter syndrome because yep. um, it's quite interesting to me and it, it seems to be in popular culture a fair bit, this recognition that a lot of people who have had external success actually don't feel very confident on the inside yes. with regards to imposter syndrome. um Could any of those fears be operating or does it have one of the, is it like, is there one specific fear that kind of matches into imposter syndrome? How does that work? I
1: think imposter syndrome is this umbrella term that we use that kind of capsulates all that sort of stuff. So definitely the fear of, you know, failure is a huge part of that. You know, Um, when I did some little bit of research about the imposter syndrome, it's actually called the imposter cycle and there's a really great diagram that has this sense of when we're being tapped into this impossible task, we're almost moved into two spaces. We're moved into procrastinating, which is just the fear of, oh my God, I can't even put it out there. That leads into our perfectionism, you know, our worthiness story, our deservability story, all the over-functioning, where it's that sense of we have to go above and above above to prove ourselves and if we get a good outcome at the end there's a sense of either oh my gosh i just lucked that out or it's only because i went above and beyond if i didn't do that then i wouldn't have been able to achieve that so is that that sense of again not being able to take credit for ourselves not being able to you know receive and actually understand our value yeah. and also like not even being able to tap into our strengths and stuff like that and believe that we have something of value to offer
0: yeah okay all right because yeah I was thinking and I mean this is something I've ended up working with people on in my um in my rooms as well Mm -hmm. is why you think people don't learn from the feedback from others and their own past successes but I guess if you're saying like luck or they think that they do learn, but they learn that I have to like give absolutely everything of my it reinforces self. the pattern. Yeah. yeah. It's reinforced. So with that cycle,
1: functioning. Yeah. And so often that, of course, leads to burnout. You know, we're overcommitting, we're overperforming, we're feeling like we, you know, unrealistic expectations are the norm. And of yeah. course, that's a self defeating prophecy, isn't it? So, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming that some of the people you work with come. To- to you and that they're experiencing this cycle so what do you think people can do to break out of it like what's required to be done differently?
1: Sometimes it helps just to scale back right to the beginning about what some of those core beliefs are where they come from you know I think always getting context and growth branding about that's really important. I've been doing some beautiful work around schema therapy recently. So really just exploring some of those schemas and stuff like that and helping people to first of all, articulate what are some of those beliefs that sort of are, um, you know, providing that blueprint for how they make decisions, how they choose to show up and stuff like that. I think it's really hard to change something if we're not consciously aware of it and we're not consciously sure sure of how it's even showing up so even helping people to map that out at the beginning and so seeing you know Mm. where is this coming from and stuff like that you know You know who are the people the relationships or experiences that's reinforced that as well can help and also then I guess it provides us a stepping space on the side of going okay when was that not so relevant when were the gaps and things that even despite this there was opportunities for you to shine or grow or perform like and then we're kind of sitting in a space of okay so even despite that we have this overarching schema and sort of um, belief system going on there's always going to be things that sit outside of that that we can mm. always explore and help shape people's you know understanding of where they sit with things
0: yeah yeah okay do you think that people can become confident without going back and doing that exploratory work around the deeper is or in your experience has it been always necessary I find in?
1: quick band-aid stuff doesn't work really well I know we speak a lot about affirmations these days and you know just thinking positively you know if we eradicate all the bad stuff in our life we just think positive then that's you know going to be something that's really helpful I haven't found that to be really helpful I find that's almost devaluing of people's experiences and devaluing of actually this is a genuine struggle for me mm. so I always think come from a place of authentic and acknowledgement and validating where people are at. We always have to start where people are at before we can move them forwards right rather than just plop them into the future and go this is how we want you showing up now we're just going to completely cut you off from your experiences up up till now
0: yeah yeah okay yeah so in your experience you're gonna have to go back face that early stuff but then start looking for the exceptions and then
1: rebuild that foundation right rebuild that foundation so whatever we put on that actually has some strength and some credibility yeah
0: yeah that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. um Another question I want to ask you is around like the biggest myth about building confidence. And I wonder if it does relate to band-aids and affirmations or if there's something else, like what's the thing that you perhaps see clients show up um, thinking is going to come from having confidence or how they'll get confident that you just like to tell everyone to use this opportunity to say it doesn't work like that.
1: Absolutely. So my pet hate would have to be fake it till you make it. I really hate that yeah all right <laughs> authenticity with that look I understand the context of where that maybe came from but I think it's applied too liberally these days and stuff like that and again I think it almost buys us into the imposter syndrome if Mm -hmm. we're showing up Mm pretending we're something and we don't have that inner kind of strength and that inner alignment then there's always going to be a disconnect even if we're getting those amazing results on the outside it's actually going to be increasing that unworthiness story and that sense of you know yeah I'm going to get exposed. I'm going to unravel.
0: So it's yeah, definitely like, yes, because it's, say it's saying you're way. not good enough as you are, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. yeah. All right, exactly. myth dispelled. Do not fake it until <laughs> you make it. <laughs> Excellent. Um. All right. I I came across a quote. Um. I think a client actually told me this. Actually. Um, the idea that everyone wants to be unique but no one wants to be different. So how Mm -hmm. do you see that as relating to confidence? Like we want to stand out, but we don't really want to stand out.
1: Absolutely. I think this is such a human dilemma kind of thing, you know, and I think we're often sitting between these two polar opposites and stuff like that, you know. Um, I guess to answer that question, you know, it's that sense of well, everyone you know, obviously is a unique individual. Nobody has the same characteristics, the same bundle of experiences that you do and stuff like that. So on some level, we are all unique. Um, individuals. However, we also have common experiences and common threads that bind us together. This is how we attract different people in our lives. This is how we build relationships. This is why we find jobs in particular areas. We, you know, look for particular qualities in a partner and stuff like that. So I think it's, you know, I think it's often seen as being you know, one or the other kind of thing, you know, and I think it's, well, I think it's about embracing what makes you unique and celebrating that, hey, these are the particular things or the particular pattern or particular makeup of me. However, I don't think uniqueness should be something that separates us or, um, mm-hmm. you know, stops us connecting from people. It should yep. be something that when I'm in a, my space of when I'm believing in myself, when I'm doing things that invest in me, then yep. that will naturally me to other people so that sense of being unique but still connected
0: yeah yeah I like that I was thinking recently that I guess in terms of being unique it's it speaks to me about creativity and creative Mm. expression that yeah you can be feel very connected but you're still just going to come up with different words or sounds or ways of describing things ways of being in the world that kind of thing yeah so I like thinking about it like creativity (laughs) rather than better or worse or something yeah
1: yeah absolutely and I think look in business we talk about personal branding and we talk about you know our unique perspective and difference so even if we're you know crafting something in particular what is our unique voice our message and stuff like that this is how we choose to show up so
0: yeah yeah Mm. definitely um okay so with your clients You've got to go back, pay attention to some of the fear of of failure or whatever your particular belief is. Then you're looking for the the opposites um, and where you have shined. Do you find that that is then enough to get people to start showing up more, like you talked about, being more visible, being more authentic, showing up as themselves? um, Or are there like certain practical exercises that people end up going through to to act to build their confidence like I guess do you have to sort of go through some exercises to get there or will it naturally unfold once um you're dealing with the the early stuff
1: I think it's really important that you give people a, I guess, an action plan on moving forwards. Like Mm -hmm. building confidence always needs to be based around some sort of direction or some tangible goals and stuff like that. So I think very early on, it's really good to get an idea of are people wanting to be more confident in their relationships? Are people wanting to be more confident in their jobs? Are they wanting to swap jobs? Are they, you know, wanting to feel more comfortable in their skin and in their own bodies and stuff like that? So I think whatever we work with, we've got to ground it grounded in something that's, you know, something that's really important for that person. And then it gives us a really clear roadmap on exactly what that can look like. So part of that process is also supporting people to start visioning. You know, if you were studying, show up with more confidence, with more, you know, ability to back yourself, maybe to back your decision making, what would you be starting to do and say mm. and feel and act and stuff like that? Yeah, I think it's really good to start with that top level visionary stuff. Yeah. And then we can start breaking that down into step by step kind of pieces and giving people manageable chunks. You know, that sense of, you know, again, the imposter syndrome is taking that, you know, to the next level, taking the whole picture, eating the whole pie rather than going, okay, how does it feel like just to step out of our comfort zone into the stretch space? But we don't want to get into the pain and trauma space where everything shuts down. So yeah. finding that space and helping yeah. them to recognize what looks like and feels like as well
0: yeah 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 yeah. actually I think that's a really important point what you're talking about with the the tangible goal you know because I can see that otherwise you know more money just be uh, more confidence just becomes more like more money or more happiness you know Um, how are you going to define what that actually (laughs) means yeah Yeah, absolutely
1: and if you've got something tangible, then you can put measures around it. You can actually go, okay, I know when I'm working towards that, I have something tangible to measure up my progress mm. again. If don't have tangibles that we have. Sometimes when we do goal setting, we're really fluffy. We're kind of like, oh, I just want to be more happy, yeah, <laughs> which is lovely, but that's not a complete sentence. What does that mean? <laughs> mean? How does that mean when you start showing up with that? So. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think it makes it seem more manageable as well. You know, if we're not thinking, I have to be globally more confident and yeah, what, what does that even mean? But... I'm just going to work on relationship confidence, you know, and then I'm just going to think about, yeah, it becomes more easy to think specifically about it, which is, yeah, the way that we can actually take some action. So I think that's, yes, very useful (laughs) thing for listeners to keep in mind if you'd love to be more confident confident pick one area at a time to work on
1: <laughs> manageable, make it realistic and achievable so, yeah, yeah
0: yeah definitely <laughs> um so one thing I do always like to ask guests as well is how do we make this practical for people listening today so definitely people can go and check more out in terms of working one-on-one with you on this stuff. If Mm -hmm. we just want to go and do one simple thing, and I mean, probably in one area of our life is going to be part of the answer. Is there a little thing that people can complete within say like a week that might shift their confidence levels or be the beginning of that journey for them that you could share with us?
1: Yeah. So um I think it's really nice if we can, yeah, definitely end sessions or something with something really tangible and practical for people. Often I usually use it around self-care. I think okay. self-care is like one of those core components around, you know, confidence, building that relationship with yourself and stuff like that. So often I say things like, you know, part of building confidence is obviously re-establishing that relationship and trust with yourself. So often I say, you know, Find something that you can do that's nurturing for yourself this week and start tapping into what does it feel like when I have this respectful, kind, loving, supportive, where does those feelings start showing up in my body? How do I start to recognize how that feels different from when I'm feeling insecure, when I'm feeling unsafe, when I'm feeling small, when I'm feeling trapped and stuff like that? It gives people a really nice, I guess, bookmark, if you like, of this is the okay. feeling I want to start creating. this Yeah. Is sort
0: of- Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So self-care, if you're not doing it, (laughs) start putting something into your life. And I mean, I love what you're saying there because I think even if you are engaged in self-care, bringing that conscious awareness to how does it feel when I'm doing this thing. Um, because often we have a whole range of things that are self-care. And if we've been doing it for a while, we might kind of know, oh yeah, I like this. I look forward to it. But that can that's very mm-hmm. different from paying that slowed down conscious attention to how it feels. Um that's and then looking good. to kind of actively explore that and increase that in your life. So yeah, great tip. <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Um I mean, I think there was some absolutely great information there from you, Anna. Like we covered off a few different um, ideas around what it's really going to take to build confidence, that it goes far beyond affirmations or just wanting it that it's a bit of a process like most things in life that are worth having Um, but I mean I think the way that you're living your life and coming from being a child who turned around to the camera (laughs) (laughs) I I was a shy kid I never did that though Um, and then moving into someone who does they have their own business they can show up on a podcast like this like you're the sort of living proof that if you do the work things change so I love it <laughs> um yeah. so listeners if you want to learn more about building your confidence and have anna on your side coaching you in becoming more confident you can find her on instagram and facebook um, at anna glowing confidence. And I'll pop all this in the show notes. Um, So it's easy to access. Uh, The other great thing that Anna has, if you head to her website, you can learn about your emotional tank and how you can fill it, which sounds like a lovely extension on Mm. what we're talking about in terms of self-care and how important it is to feel like you have that nurturing trusting relationship with yourself before you're going to be able to do that confidence building work so if you go to her website glowingconfidencenow.com then there's a link on there um, and you can download that freebie as well Um, and that's about it from us today so thank you Anna for coming on the show Thanks, Lana. It was great. I really enjoyed it. My first podcast, so <laughs> Done. <laughs> Confidence built. <laughs> and um, For everyone listening at home, be sure for this week that you're putting your focus on your self-care. If it's been a bit neglected, now's a great uh, time to think about what am I going to put back into my life and if you're doing some self-care activities let's really focus in on how much I enjoy this how good it's feeling in my body to take care of yourself. So I'm totally gonna try that out this is a very simple one. I can definitely work with that. So I hope everyone enjoys trying out Anna's strategy and I will talk to you guys next week. See you. Thanks so much for listening to the Slow Life Project podcast. I hope you have a calm, confident and joyful week. If you'd love more tips or support from me, be sure to subscribe to the podcast or head to my website, theslowlifeproject.com.